This is Hard Parking, sponsored by Red Honda and Red Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm your host, Jay Finning. I'll tell you what's coming up on today's show in a second, but first, just wanted to say thank you, everybody, who joined the Hard Parking Instagram channel. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. So if you haven't joined, make sure you go to my Instagram, the Jay Finning page, and look for the Hard Parking channel, which can be found on my profile because I've been giving stuff away. I have a lot of surplus swag, mostly because no one ever buys it. But I do have surplus swag, so I just gave away a bunch of coasters, and you have to be there in time for the polls, the questions. So those have mostly all shipped off. Most of them are in the United States, but there were some international recipients. I bought some international stamps, $1.50, I could send them anywhere in the world. But what's also fun about joining this group is that you can interact on the polls. Number one is, would you buy a green car? 24 people said yes, 22 people said depend on the car, and... Eight people said they actually own a green car. And then seven people said no. The context was, I'm a big fan of the 02-06 Aston Martin V12 Vanquishes. That's one of my dream cars. And one popped up for sale on Bring a Trailer, and it just happened to be green. And I thought it was pretty cool, except for it had green interior, which is ugly. I'll do green with tan interior. And it does depend on the car, obviously. I used to want a green NSX, but it's a different shade of green, too. So that matters. And there are people rolling around with lime green. Look at me, high-end exotics as well. Went to the gym. I've been going to the gym every day at 4. Well, I've been trying to wake up every day at 4.30 and go to the gym at 5. I do my workout in the morning, which is very light, trying to lose some weight. And I ordered some Adidas shorts. When I put them on, I found out they had no pockets. Shorts without pockets is, this is the poll. The number one answer is stupid and inconvenient. Some people said normal. Some people just said stupid. Shorts without pockets is very stupid and inconvenient. What You can't do anything with shorts without pockets. So I'm going to the gym, and I have my water bottle, I have my car keys, I have my wallet. But now I'm buying more shorts, and I'm just making sure they have pockets because shorts without pockets is not only stupid, but it's incredibly inconvenient. And then specifically to today's episode, I just did a poll. Would you have bought a car that was previously used as a rental car from a major rental company? Example, Enterprise National Hertz. So we're not talking Turo. We're not talking some high-end exotic rental car place because that's not a normal rental car company. How I define that is, can you get off your flight, pick up your luggage, and walk to the rental car center or hop on a rental car center bus that takes you to the rental car center like Hertz, Avis, et cetera, et cetera, National, which I use. Because I had someone say, well, it depends on the car. I said, yeah, of course it depends on the car. You're not going to buy something you don't want. It always depends on the car. But no, it's you're not, this isn't, would you buy a used Ferrari that's been used as a rental? Rental. It's, would you buy a Ford Explorer that's been used as a rental? Most of the answer says no. I offered no way Jose and no way Jose B because it's a play on words, but most people said no. But there were a handful of people said that they would, and there's a couple people, a few people that said that they have. I would, but obviously it depends on the car. It depends on what I need it for. And that's what's actually coming up on this episode. Joe Nieves joined, and he used to work in the industry, and we talked about it. He's actually one of the guys who fed me information when I went to Puerto Rico, and he grew up in Puerto Rico. And so we talk about the rental cars, what he's seen, what companies are supposed to do. You know, he has bought a car that was used as a rental. What are the things that he did before buying that car? Because it's important. And so at the end of that conversation, you can ask yourself, would I buy a car that was used as a rental or would I not? It's a risk. It's definitely a risk, but so is going to your used car lot. Anyway, 
Without further ado, after this word from Four Wheel Online, Joe Nieves, rental cars, I guess. Jay Finning here, and I want to tell you guys about Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. And if you need a tire and wheel package, head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so we'll get outfitted today. So visit them online at 4 Online or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 4Wheel Online, the number 4Wheel Online. So Joe Nieves, Chupacabra, 1971. You know, I did the post about rental cars, going off rental cars. And one of the things that I talked about with the rental cars is I talk about them, even if I don't necessarily want them, because somebody somewhere may want to buy either A, a used rental car, which we had looked, I don't remember if we bought one or we looked at them a long time ago for Enterprise. This was years ago. Or maybe they just want to buy that car and they're curious of what it feels like every day. And then you had chimed in that, you got some information regardless and some firsthand experience in dealing with that. And so, you know, first off, tell us, tell me a little bit about that. And then I have some subsequent questions for you. Yeah. Um, I was in rental car for better part of about, uh, a good 10, 11 years, mm-hmm. uh, started out with a rental car company here in uh, Orlando and, um, just washing cars, just making sure that they were clean. Um, Which company and, are you freedom to say? Uh, uh, yeah, it was a thrifty car rental. Oh, okay. At the time, I used to be for yeah. thrifty back in the day. Yeah. Um, so I so started out um, with a little franchisee that was down here, um, and quickly went to valet and rental car. And uh, one of the things that uh, I got a rental car, especially with my older brother. Uh, being in the industry for almost 25 years mm. and, and doing very, very well with it is that um, one of the things that he stressed, one of the things that uh, I picked up quite uh, quite early, it was uh, maintenance, 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 maintenance. Um, you always want to go ahead and have these vehicles properly maintained uh, for the market, make sure that the oil changes were done, tire rotations were uh, always taken care of. And there was a reason behind that, and it wasn't until I actually got into the fleet portion uh, of it from from washing cars to doing valet to working behind the counter and then getting into fleet with another uh, uh, rental car company that's no longer around um, called You Save Auto Rental. But one of the things that we try to focus on or they try to focus on in the industry is to make sure that the maintenances are done quite regularly and they actually have systems in their computers that say, okay, well, this vehicle is due for maintenance, and it just locks it down. It doesn't even allow the vehicle to go past the rental car counter or over to the rental car counter until the maintenance has been performed. Ideally, um, right? Yeah, ideally, yeah. So there, 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 there are, there are, you know, those little mom and pop rental car companies that exist out there that mm. maybe they're not so heavily focused on that. I've never experienced that myself. I've had very good fortune. Um, when I had to go rent a car by myself on a trip, but yeah, it's, it's ideally the big name companies like your, your Avises, your enterprises and stuff like that. Sure. They try to really, really focus in on that maintenance because there is 
uh, a large majority of companies like your ship, your GMs, uh, your Fords, uh, all the all the vehicles that you see standard and fleet. What they try and do is they make those ready for buyback programs they have mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of whatever agreement that is made between the company, the leasee, and the corporation, the motor corporation that they have a lease with. So, yeah, if the vehicles are extremely damaged in any way, they run into a risk category or they retain the vehicles a little bit longer. But they, there is a process, if you will, that makes sure that those vehicles are properly maintained. If there's any kind of damage to the vehicles, that they're fixed by a reputable shop. Uh, and then that reputable shop warranties and guarantees the vehicle so that way it doesn't get rejected uh, by the manufacturer. Are you and still in that field? Um, not in overall rental car anymore. I'm still in fleet. Okay. I do commercial fleet now for uh, for a company uh, here locally in uh, in Longwood, uh, Florida. <clears throat> and they're the ones that do all the Wawa beer coolers and uh, have some projects going on for Universal Studios. Uh, and, and, and a couple of the uh, hospitals in the area as well. So um, it's it's really nice. I, I deal with cargo vans, and there's a completely different challenge with cargo van markets right now and pickup truck markets right now. So, yeah, that's that's a unique challenge and, and to itself. But you see that trend because I, I get the, uh, the newspapers, I get the magazines. You see the trends. Uh, when it comes to rental cars, uh, you see the trends when it comes to um, allocating lease vehicles. Um, it's quite interesting what's going on there because even I believe that you said that you had a higher mileage vehicle in your rental car when you went to uh, Puerto Rico, if, if I'm not mistaken. I did. And one thing I noticed with the pandemic era is it just completely changed how everybody does everything with the chip shortage, no more vehicles. And so the rental car companies are forced to buy you know use vehicles instead of get brand new ones because there was a time when i would sit into i get into a car and i'm looking down i'm like this thing has thirteen thousand miles on it what the hell is this because you're used to 500 to three thousand miles whereas now i think the average odometer on a rental and i don't travel like i used to but i think the average odometer is like thirty thousand. and whereas before i would look at it like shit to i guess this is just the new norm especially when you get something like a minivan like my first Kia mm-hmm. Carnival had a bunch of miles on it. The second one was relatively new. I think it had like twelve thousand miles on it. Yeah, and and that's then that's really not even before the pandemic. That's not really uncommon in certain markets, only because uh, every market has their own individual plan with the manufacturer. So you can you can get a whole allocation of vehicles, for example. And say, okay, well, we have these new car coming, in, new car coming in um, uh, for Puerto Rico, for example. And the Puerto Rican market will say, okay, well, we're going to retain these vehicles X, Y, Z amount of years, only because, um, you know, we can keep them a little bit longer. And that that is just that is just part of the supply and demand that they have on the island, because you got to remember. Uh, Puerto Rico's unique challenge is, is that everything has to go through Jacksonville before it gets to Puerto Rico uh, because of the Merchant Marine Act of, uh, what was it, 1918? No, I didn't know that. 
Yeah, so that's that's one of the things that's one of the challenges for uh, 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 an island like Puerto Rico. Everything, all the goods have to be shipped from the Port of Jacksonville over to Puerto Rico uh, before they get them. So it does become a challenge to bring them uh, to bring them new vehicles and new assets, and they don't have that direct line or feed, and that can be from you know from what I've seen some of the island places too. Um, but yeah, COVID has brought in a unique circumstance where um, when COVID hit, there was, okay, everybody's like, oh, we're not going anywhere. We're not traveling. So what did rental car companies do? They sent all their vehicles back. Hertz was famously, they had filed for some kind of bankruptcy, but I mean, they're obviously still in business, but they just had mm-hmm. thousands of cars sitting. Yeah. And, and one of the advantages to that for us uh, my wife and I is that we were able to pick up a 2020 uh, Corolla SE for uh, 13.5 mm. because there was just so much in the market. Now, fast forward to where you know you have no shipping, you have uh, material shortages or chip shortages, whatever you can, whatever it is you call it, because a large majority of the semiconductors from come from. They don't come from China. China wants you to say China, but it's actually from Taiwan. Right. So all the semiconductors are, you know, well, you know, the global geopolitical problems are going over there. But that right there pertained to a large majority of the problems that we have now where vehicles are not being produced in mass quantities. It's created a slowdown where it's almost like you're getting the vehicle built a la carte. Okay, I want that vehicle. I want this color and you'll see it about maybe two or three months down the road if you're lucky. Um, but when it, when it comes to then versus now, then you had that surplus at COVID after COVID, you still see empty lots. Now you're starting to see a slow comeback from what I could tell. There is a slow comeback like uh, Toyota, um, and uh, your Hyundai's, uh, uh, but in my world now, the world that I'm in, which is commercial fleet, that is, it's cargo vans are very hard to come by. Um, Nissan has actually can discontinued their cargo van line, um, and I know that Chevrolet they're redesigning, uh, Ford is redesigning their cargo vans for e for e vehicles. Um, so I, I'm kind of curious as to how that's going to affect the overall dynamic, because when you start talking about towing capacity and things like that, and like companies like such as ours that would require towing a fifth wheel, I'd be interesting. I'd be interested to see how, you know, these, these, uh, electric cars are going to, or electric trucks are going to work with that kind of capacity. Have you seen an, uh, an effect of cargo vans used? Do you only deal in new or do you guys sometimes get like gently used? And the, where I'm leading in with this question is it's the mm-hmm. big deal that Rivian made with Amazon mm-hmm. to where now all the Amazon trucks, at least over here, are all these electric trucks. And then there's got to be a ton of these little Sprinters and Ford Transit. Well, not Sprinters. I don't think they ever use Mercedes, but there's got to be a ton of Ford Transits like flooding the market. Case in point, when I was in Puerto Rico picking up the minivan, they tried to push mm-hmm. the smaller transits on me. And I said, well, that's 
that's not going to work for what I need. But I've never seen so many transits at a rental car place. And I've never gone to Puerto Rico, though, too, so it could just be normal, but I'm going to assume that it's not. Yeah, I, you know, it's like trying to stick everybody into a Daihatsu, right? It's not, I mean, it looks cute. There's a throwback. Neat, how, many, how, many, how many people can fit into a Daihatsu van? Not many. Um, so uh, in the cargo van world, for example, um, I'm in a unique position where I, I went up to uh, my bosses and I said, well, we need to think outside of the box a little bit because um, – New vehicles are very difficult to come by. Um, that is just expense, basic, basically expense or delivery time or whatever the case may be, right? So um, the cargo vans, I was allowed to look at other markets and see what kind of surpluses they had in availability. And this is what most people, what most people are sitting there looking at when they go buy new cars or used cars or anything like that. So there's a little trick right now that some automotive dealerships are doing, which is basically saying, okay, well, we let somebody drive the car off the lot as a loaner vehicle for about 100, 200 miles. And so we have now badged it as a pre-owned certified vehicle. Mm-hmm. So that those individuals or those dealerships and they have badges vehicles at a higher rate only because they know that they can get the price to sell that vehicle. Um, so we see, I see that a lot when it comes to a cargo van where a cargo van, uh, circa 2020, yeah, 2020, um, take for example, your, uh, uh, transit 250 mid roofs would normally be around the neighborhood of about, now they retail for about almost 49 to 51, depending on what kind of package you're getting for the vehicle. And that doesn't even include the upfitting that would be required for the type of work that the, the individual is going to be doing. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's some, there's some challenges there, but I've been fortunate to with, like I said before, with this company to say, okay, well, let me go and see what the other markets are doing and see who has what. And if it's a low mileage pre-owned vehicle that's worth us getting, then we'll go ahead and I'll, I'll tell our fine folks at our leasing company to obtain that vehicle for us, uh, get us the quote and all that stuff. And if the quote looks great, uh, then they'll send them a PO. They'll pay, they'll make the payment for it for us on our behalf. Uh, deliver it over to us, and then we'll take care. We take care of the upfitting. Um, we'll 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 pay out for the upfitting, so that way our monthly lease uh, to the lease company is at a reduced rate. Mm. Let's go back to your Camry that you guys bought, the 2020 Camry you picked up for pennies mm-hmm. on the dollar. Having worked in that industry, and you said your brother was in the industry for decades. Uh-huh. What I mean, should people? Be afraid, because I'm sure there's a huge, you know, there's a stereotype misconception out there about buying a car that was used as a rental car. Because I've, I've even joked at it, where I've said, this rental car had 13,000 miles. That's like 120,000 miles in a normal car, because of the way people yeah. drive cars. But I don't, I'm not convinced everyone drives rental cars like a bat out of hell, because me, a car guy, I don't drive rental cars like a bat out of hell, regardless if I have a nice one. Just to your point earlier, maybe I was just getting the wrong ones post-pandemic with the high mileage because I'm pretty sure not everyone's getting a brand new um, 
Chrysler Pacifica, you know, all the time because you know that vehicle is going to be rented by larger groups and they're probably going to road trip and probably get it dirty. Whereas right. maybe if I were to pick up, they just happen to have a, a BMW for a special rate, you know, relatively low miles. But as far as just picking up, buying a car that was used as a fleet rental, you know, what would you say about that? Um, we, we've had a very good, uh, fortunate experience, uh, with, uh, uh, if I may, uh, just say that, that it's a Corolla, um, not, not a Camry, but oh, I, thought Corolla, you said Corolla. Part, I thought you said Camry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's all right. Um, but we've had a very good fortunate experience with the, uh, with Corolla. Um, it, we bought it around, uh, 20,000 miles in the last couple of years. We've only put 10,000 uh, miles on the vehicle um, because it's my wife's car, so she works from home, um, and I do the majority of the driving. Uh, but we bought it from a local uh, Toyota dealership here in Central Florida uh, with some people that we knew and said, "Hey, um, I saw this vehicle over there. I want to go ahead and check it out. Uh, call my contact over there." And um, and uh, we looked at the vehicle. There was other Toyotas and Camrys and other vehicles to go and look at that, but I kind of laid it in on this one. And I did my check. Uh, mm-hmm. My check is to make sure um, that, uh, for example, I'm not sure if many people are aware or if you yourself are aware. You're a car guy, so you probably know, but there are, are uh, paper VIN numbers or just little sticker VIN numbers on fenders and door panels. And sure. um, yep. some manufacturers put those VIN numbers on the, on the, on the windshields. And on the, uh, on the, yeah. So, you know, I look for the obvious. I look for, okay, has this fender been replaced or this fender or this front section been replaced? Um, is there an aftermarket radiator or is there any kind of aftermarket components? Because you could, you can tell, you can look at the badges on the headlight, uh, bracket and, and other items to just say, okay, the, well, this is aftermarket. What happened with the vehicle? Right. Um, uh, and you know, I didn't care that I have a couple of scratches and dents on it. Sure. Um, uh, for me, it's fine. It's I'm used to it anyway. Reflected um, in the price, man. Exactly. It was reflected in the price. And, uh, we took the vehicle for a drive and, uh, didn't pull left. It didn't pull right. Uh, had some pretty good get up and go. Um, and we're like, okay, let's put the money down and here, happy mother's day, honey. Uh, that was pretty much how it went. So just, <laughs> we actually did that. Not just that use, but, day. and so it's just because it may have come as a fleet rental is not an automatic mm-hmm. reason to say, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to fleet rentals and rental vehicles, uh, I would always say if you're buying used and you're buying from rental, always do your homework. Um, right. uh, you know, do your homework on the type of vehicle that you want. Um, make sure that you're also open to the idea uh, that you don't just want to buy whatever it is that you want in your local market because your local market may not reflect the same pricing that another market might have. You know, here in Central Florida, the market value for certain vehicles is so it's it's almost twenty percent more than what I could pick up in Wyoming, right? You know, or um, for example, uh, one of the things that our bosses wanted uh, was uh, was a Cadillac Escalade. 
one of these fully loaded, uh, uh, was it ECTs or whatever versions? All I know is they're expensive. Um, yeah. The, the high end one. So, <clears throat> and I, well, okay, let me go ahead and look, 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 did my research, did homework, found one up in St. Paul, great dealership up there that was willing to work with us to put it on a lease program separate from what they had available and all that stuff for a really great deal. Um, under a hundred thousand dollars uh, for a vehicle with 7,000 miles. And it was a 2022. And so those are just, and that was a previously leased vehicle from, I believe if I'm not mistaken, it was out of New York and it, it was delivered in the vehicle. Great. So yeah, if, if, do the homework. That's that's basically what it is. Just do the homework. Do the research. Well, it's been educational, man. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for all the support, too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I came across your feed, obviously, with, with the uh, with the NSX and uh, became a rabbit, became a really quick fan. And I thank you for your support, too. I know that um, uh you've posted some of the stuff that I've shared on the, on, on, on your page. And so thank you very much. It's a, it's, it's a quite flattering when I see my stuff being shared by somebody that can admire it. Also, thanks for the, so for those people not aware of who I'm talking to, this is a gentleman who gave me some food recommendations when we were in Puerto Rico. And I also caught a little bit of heat, as you know. You know, you listen to that episode, and we had a good <laughs> laugh about it. And my, my wife was so defensive over stuff. That if somebody else would have said the shit that I said, she would have been laughing and sharing that shit on social media. But since it came from her own, hus- own husband, then it's not funny. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 um, food over there, kid can be hit or miss um i try not to gravitate to uh, like a fancy restaurant or anything like that on the island i i try to eat uh local with the family as much as i can local with the family is always the best right um, you you know so i that's just my personal opinion um but there are some places that are just those gyms and i um uh the you kinos know, around the the corner from where where I grew up and I lived in Aguadilla. Uh, that's always been my go to. If if mom and dad were busy and uh, grandma was busy, I'd just walk over there and get a little bit of food and bring it back home and sit down and eat it. And that that was that was my life. Crash Boat Beach was fun for me. So yeah, I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed your time while you were there though. Yeah, we plan on going back. I. Every time we go on vacation, I call it a tropical vacation. You know, you want to go back, but I don't remember wanting to go back as much as I've wanted to go back to PR, given all of its weird, stupid little issues. You know, there's every every part of water that we got into was fantastic. You know, I, I still need to practice on those road courses over there because I think it makes me a better driver here as well. You know, and it's just, we had a lot of fun. And there's a lot of things we couldn't get to because we were traveling with family. And so it's really whatever the family needs. It was my mother-in-law's birthday trip. So I was kind of felt subservient to that. I'm like, okay, well, whatever she wants to do, even if it's going to take us all day and we had planned on doing these other things, then it is what it is because we're here for her. But I would like to kind of go back with, you know, just my wife or maybe a few people and then doesn't matter who wants what for dinner. This is where we're going to go. You know, and it, it just, 
Can't wait to go back. Yeah, well, let me know. I mean, I'll just I'll 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 call my cousin Dave and say, hey, yeah, got a friend over there. Want some uh, original stuff? <laughs> yeah, to, to these, these mysterious are, I, these mysterious elephant ear size bacaraditos that everyone <laughs> keeps telling me about. You know, but the biggest one I got was this grease filled thing by these old ladies in in Wanaka. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I haven't made them like him, made them forever in a day because I used to sit in the kitchen with my mom, um, to make those. Um, and I thought they were like the best thing. And then there was this battered one from like Goya, um, or yeah, it was Goya. I think it was, um, it used to be really, really good too. Close to, uh, uh close to homemade from scratch, if you will, as you mm-hmm. can get. Um, so if you ever want like a pseudo, just look up the Goya one and order a couple of those and make those at home. So for yourself, they're, they're, they're fairly, so it's a fairly simple mix. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My mother, she's made them twice now since we've been back, which is funny. Oh, so you're living in heavy. Yeah. You're living in heavy. Like I think it makes it maybe once or twice a year, but then twice within the last month. At some point my wife's (laughs) going to put the kibosh on that and say, okay, ma, no more frying. Because it makes the whole house stink. She always forgets to turn on the fan above the oven, above the stove. Oh, like, yeah. I will walk downstairs and hit, turn that motherfucker on high. Oh, oh, I forgot. I'm like, how the fuck you forget? You're standing right here. I don't say that. But that's what I'm thinking. But anyway, man, uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks so much for taking the time. And I'll catch you on the line. All right. Thank you for having me on. It was great talking to you. And uh, you have a great uh, rest of your day yourself, sir. I want to thank Joe for joining. Let me tell you guys a quick story about rental cars. Or not really rental cars, but used cars. So before I lived here in Arizona, a couple years prior, I had bought a 2000 Jeep Cherokee Sport. It was a black one. Bought it at a used car dealer, five-star Jeep dealer, which was right next to the main dealership. And, you know, I haven't really, I don't know if I've noticed that here as much because I bought my car from Acura of Tempe, my NSX, and we've got our MDX lease there and they sell used cars there. But I don't know how often this is the case, but the place in Michigan, you have your main dealership and then you have your used car dealer and they're the same entity. It's kind of weird. So anyway, I bought this Jeep and I bought it because it's a five-star dealership and I bought it because I've had Jeeps before and you can trust that they're not going to screw you over. Except three weeks after I bought the vehicle, it rained for the first time when I was working in the hospital. So I come out at night and I have a puddle of water inside my Jeep. And of course, it kept raining the next couple of days. So I had to take it apart, try to figure out, you know, where is this leak coming from? The windshield was rotting out. And this is a car I bought at a dealership. So when they washed the car, they had to have known that the windshield leaked, but nobody said anything. That same vehicle, I decided to crawl underneath it in my garage to kind of look around and the whole bottom was rusted and I saw a space and I poked at it and I go, what is this? It's white. What the hell is this white stuff on the bottom of my vehicle? And it was a big area, big splotchy areas. And I touched it and it was soft. And I said, oh, hell no. I got out from underneath the vehicle. I opened the driver's side door and I reached down with my left hand and reached around till I could find that soft spot. I pushed up and then the floor inside went up as well. This Jeep had rusted spots through the floorboard, and somehow they still sold me that vehicle. 
And I say all of that to say this. Just because you buy it from a used car dealership, this sounds obvious, but we all buy used cars. In fact, my NSX sitting in that garage is the first brand new car I've bought since 1999. But just because you buy it at what you think is a reputable used car dealership, not the kind that say you pay us every week $50 a week for this car, not the kind that's going to say your interest rate is 14.8. And by the way, if you're in that situation, it's because you have to be in that situation. Your financial situation dictates that, and that's all you can do, but you need to get out of it as soon as you can. I get that. I understand that. But the point is, just because you buy it from a good dealership that you think is good and it's a used car, there's no guarantee it's going to be a great car. My wife prefers certified pre-owns every time we buy something now. That MDX, we leased it, but if we wanted to purchase, we would have purchased used, but it would have had to have been a certified pre-owned because a certified pre-owned basically says the car is brand new to the dealership. They've gone through all the checks on it. It's got no leaks, no issues, and they warranty it a little bit longer because it's a certified pre-owned, but you're going to pay more for it. So anyway, would you buy a vehicle that was used as a rental? I think I would. It depends on the vehicle. They're not always easy to find. A lot of times you have to get through them get to them through banks. So if you log into your your financial institution and if they have used car loans, a lot of times they have portals on the back end with access to those vehicles. I used to see them all the time. I bank with PinFed, PinFed.org, and they have that. They have a, a ton of enterprise rental cars that are now for sale, or they used to years ago when I'd look. Anyway, if you guys haven't listened to the most recent episode of Fielding Shredder, you need to go listen to it. It's fun. Good episode. But it's also an indication of how far he's fallen from popularity when his first episode at the time for months was my most downloaded episode. And it held that, like I said, for a while, whereas, you know, slid to number seven, whereas last week's episode is not doing very well. Maybe I'm just terrible at being a podcaster. Anyway, one thing, right, Honda and right, Toyota, fourwheelonline.com, sell shop wireless services. Patreon business supporter, Kui Automotive out in Warren Garden, Florida, Pell Construction of Caldone, Michigan, Beak House, my home design, Ashburn, Virginia, and Traverse City, Michigan, Shaping Success, West Tankersley, out of Boise, Idaho. You can join my Patreon for as little as $3 a month, patreon.com forward slash hardparkingpodcast. Special thanks to Mark Stoneman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Grace, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Kamina, Drew Bunkley, and David Garner. I don't even know why I tell you guys email address. No one ever fucking emails the show. Hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram at jfinning. Join the Hard Parking Violations Facebook page and join the Hard Parking channel on my Instagram. I can't grow that you're telling the world how great this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Don't forget to leave me a review. And I'll talk to you all next week. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.